Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Joining us today is, on our happy day after the day after the dead show, Damon Manx, who is not only an award-winning horror author, he is a publisher of Last World's Publishing, an editor of uh, the recently best-selling book, These Lingering Shadows. Uh, Damon, welcome to our show. Welcome to Fox Mamas. Thank you for dressing up. So first we're going to, you've got to say a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your costume, and then a little bit about like the work. And before you hit us with Lucille, please. <laughs> I'm Damon Manx, and I like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. <laughs> That's a good um, I am Damon Manx, and this is Lucille, and she is magnificent. And don't make her angry because she's a thirsty girl, a vampire bat. Um, I'm dressed as Negan today and I have been. I know, so, so nobody thinks that it's like, oh, this is just who he is sitting in his house with a terrifying baseball bat covered in. I've been dressed as Negan since Halloween, so I've been, <laughs> I've been living on this, yeah. So, I'm an author and I'm a publisher, and I come from a family of authors, and my mother was a writer, and my sister is a writer, and I am, uh, trying to be one as as well so there uh that is the the nickel pitch for uh where i am oh my god i like that you said nickel legacy, pitch. legacy with lucille legacy like with lucille um i do have to i'm gonna uh, do a quick costume question are you dressed as negan from walking dead the comics or negan from walking dead the tv show is it a crossover uh, it's a crossover. A little closer, I would think, to the uh, comic book, just because uh, you know I can't pull. I'm a little more stocky of a guy than uh, Jeffrey. You know, Jeffrey Morgan. Dean Morgan. He he's one of those actors that look. Everyone loves him in a sexual way. <laughs> no, I'm just going to say in a sexual way. Um, I was. I don't care if they're gay or straight. Oh. No, and, and I, there are a lot of people who are just like, you mean he's the bad dad? Because we all think of him as bad dad on Supernatural. Like, everybody goes, yes. John or didn't he, like, die dad. of something dumb on Grey's Anatomy, which I've never watched. Oh, I, never I think, that. I know, but I think. Anatomy questions. So I always think of Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the bad dad on Supernatural, mm -hmm. the comedian from Watchmen. Yes. Yep. Uh, and so then right away, like uh, tr little triggers that I kind of don't, shouldn't lean into, but I love it so much. And then when he showed up as Negan on The Walking Dead, I thought, what does this say about me that I love him more and every, and more every time I see him? And he's just like worse and worse. Everybody loves a bad boy, don't they? That is true. <laughs> I, I that could have been your nickel pitch, Damon. <laughs> I'm here, Damon Manx, and everybody loves a bad boy. It's going to be part of it from here on in. <laughs> All right. Restart the show. Oh, restart the show. That pina colada thing. And, and no, the pina colada thing, I think, really works. 
because because nobody nobody hates a pina colada. Oh no, we lost Damon and his pina coladas. So we will vamp. I'm assuming he'll come back on in a minute. I'm assuming he will too. I can't imagine why he at that point he would leave. Maybe he went to get a pina colada. I don't know. He was getting thirsty. I mean, I've I've got my hospital edition giant jug of stuff. He's back. Hi, Damon. Did what? you get a pina colada? We're live. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I fine. get a quick, uh, Lucille was thirsty. I had to go get her a drink. Yeah, she, I mean, if Lucille's thirsty, get her a drink. Uh, so, Damon, first, thank you so, so much for being here on our day after the Day of the Dead episode of Vox Vominus. We've gone kind of horror heavy the past month, which I will say <laughs> I like. For people who are watching this at home or just listening, you can't you can't see Damon just like grooving out with like the devil horns. Yeah, <laughs> which is true. We have gone a horror heavy, but I have to balance it with my unicorn horn here because this is as horror as I go, honestly. Uh, but I will say you always say this is as horror as I go when you do something amazing like a unicorn horn. But you and I geeked out completely over damon's novella abigail we did i can wear this in ode to abigail this is the color of the of the cover so i mean this is my abigail color outfits and you know yeah i i am ready i'm gonna just stare at you with my giant eyes and make goo goo noises that probably won't be a very good interview if that's all i do so i'll i'll try to use but we can we can pretend that like whatever essence you're giving off cures people of everything they need to be cured of. So Damon, uh, we want to talk about Abigail. We also want to talk about your award-winning short story, The Dead Girl. Dead Girl. And we need and we need to talk about, I'm like, there's so many things we need to, and we need to talk about your publishing company. So yeah. tell us a little bit about Abigail, because that's the thing that Allison and I both read first. Mm -hmm. So we like dove in directly into your brain and into Abigail's amazing world. And I am, I think cosplaying is like grown up Abigail. Sorry. Yeah. She well, was better as a baby. <laughs> she was cool as a baby. Um, not so, not so, cool so, now. <laughs> well, no, actually Abigail will continue to be cool um, because there's more to Abigail. <laughs> Are you writing uh, more Abigail? Yeah, of course. Uh, Abigail, the Wonder Years is in the works right now. <gasps> oh, oh, oh! Do and, is uh, resting at a tune. Sorry, I don't think that's. <laughs> the, but her uh, her story continues on, and um, so does her her fathers, Adrian and Michael, who will end up getting married. I love them so oh, much. Thank you for the spoiler. Yeah. Well, okay. So people who haven't read this, Abigail is about this. OCD, super pretentious gay man who finds basically a demon baby. I wouldn't have called him super pretentious. Maybe I would have called him. I would have called him super OCD. I think I was a super pretentious when he was like the walnut cabinets, and I was just. But but you still loved him, and and he comes off this perfect date to find a baby on like because you know who normally comes home from a perfect date to find a baby on their on their stoop. Cause you know, that's where babies just end up all the time. 
not not in real life, guys. Leave babies at fire stations, not on random gay men's doors. That's not what you do with babies. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, he gave her a really great life. Oh, I mean, yes, yeah. but that's that's kind of taking a risk, which makes me hope that Abigail's birth parents, wherever they were, knew into his heart, into Adrian's heart, and said, "That's this. This is the perfect match right here." Well, you, you've got to wonder when you see how. Uh, for those who have read the book, so I guess we're talking to those specifically who have read Abigail. And or uh, a, I don't want to do large, it huge spoilers. Well, no, I'm not because uh, the reveal is the best part. Of the Abigail. reveal is the so reveal is the best part. Sorry, um, I'm worried about you know, my ears. So, so you know, ears we, have, we have Adrian who steps into this picture, and Adrian is dealing with you know his own problems. He's he grew up a gay man in the South, and he has been marginalized, and he has been abused. And you know, in steps this baby, who's possibly able to teach him a little bit about himself and a little bit about unconditional love and acceptance, um, which is ultimately the the message that we want to get out of Abigail. Um, which is totally you know, what I expect from all horror movies. And this horror. is what I was going to say. So this yeah. is why I love horror so much. Because you yeah, go into it. Well, you go into it thinking, oh, that there's a crib on the cover. There's weird light. It's yeah. going to be bad. And then it's like this incredible story. And this is, again, why I love horror so much. Because... It likes to tease you. It likes to shock you. And horror can be anything. So you judged the book by its cover. I know. Seriously, there was. I did. Know. I I wanted a murder baby. You wanted a murder, <laughs> murder corn. Well. No, but there was a book we had, and I won't. I don't even remember who what author it was. So I won't throw any authors under the under the bus. But there was one we got where. You sent it to me and I started reading like, I can't, I can't read this. And it had like a bassinet on it. But as soon as I started reading Abigail, I wasn't getting that vibe. So I'm like, okay, I'll see where this goes. I'll see where I'll see. And then I just fell in love with it so much and just found all of it to be so endearing, including, may I just say, there's, there's reasons you did this, but your little tweaks of names of things we know, like Amazon Feral. <laughs> I was just laughing so hard. Like, Yeah. Because you don't want Amazon to sue you, but I just thought that was hilarious. I'm like, so, and I will say that that gave me very Archie comic book vibes, not just mm -hmm. Riverdale the show, but like in the Archie universe way back from like the 1940s on, they always take brands we know and love the four seasons and they say it's the five seasons. <laughs> Federal <laughs> Express would be like Federic Six Plus or something like that. And so, as you were writing Abigail and as I was seeing these like plays on names, like I will just one a million percent say the dork in me thought you were doing an Archie comics thing. <laughs> and I love yeah. that even more. <laughs> well, let's say we did. There were reasons. Well, obviously now that you've gotten to the end of Abigail, you know, the reasons why I did what I did. And, uh, and but of hey, course not it was getting sued is always a good reason. Comic. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that was not getting professional. sued. No, I, I actually I wasn't even concerned about um the the legalities of it. I, it was very specific what I was doing. I and, love uh, and even it goes as far as everybody's name in the book. Everybody is named specifically. Um 
And, uh, now I need to reread it, and I, yeah, and I loved it so much. Oh, well, thank it's you short. so much. It's, it's a novella, so anybody who's like, oh, I don't know if I have time for yet another Halloween. You have time for this one. Nope. You have time to read it after the show. Go get it. It won't take you that long. You'll zip through it like we did. And like I was, and I know I read Dead Girl really fast too, because I was like, oh, well, I'll wait till tomorrow. And then I started reading pages and I'm done. So part of it is just your stuff is so immensely readable that it just comes in. You're like, yeah, I'll stop as soon as I get to a stopping point. No, I'm done. We're good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's like the best kind of snack food, (laughs) like one that you're like, it's not bad for me. So I want to I want to kind of briefly touch back on something you said before. You said you come from a family of writers. Your sister, as yeah. we know, is a writer. Um, she's, there's she's something nice. she's something in your book. You know yeah. these lingering shadows. Uh, your best selling Amazon book that you published and edited. So bravo. Uh, and and you said you know y- you come from a family of writers. And then you said this to me in kind of personal messages, like, oh, I'm just starting out. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not, like, I'm not there yet. So first, dip in your toes. And so first I need to say one thing, you're there. You're there. Uh, We're pushing uh, you in the pool. You're there. (laughs) Shoved in the pool. Damon, you're there. Um, Why? And this is, this is like the, um, author question we all feel it why don't you think you're there when you a own a publishing company (laughs) that has had i mean i think today you had another best-selling novel that was out under your imprint was that today yeah jack wells actually uh there we has a series called monochrome noir and um yeah, his uh, part one actually went number one in in the occult. Uh, um, that's not a that's not yeah. a bad category to be in. So yeah, yeah. Y- you have you've published work that has gone to number one. Your work is incredible. Why are you still in the back of your brain thinking like, oh, I'm just still like I'm starting out. I'm dabbling. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, I think. It, for me, when I stop being humble and when I stop having an imposter syndrome, I need you to come over with Lucille and hit me on the head. I say, I, I can create always, a Lucille. Yeah, we always, I mean, if, you know, if I get up to read or if I put out a book and I'm not nervous about it being accepted and I don't feel like, you know, oh man, I don't know if I did the best I could. You know, I think you're jaded at that point. And, and I don't ever want to become jaded. And I, I don't ever want to lose that humility because, you know, I, I, I see authors doing things that I'm in awe of. And you yourself, I mean, I'm, I'm in awe of your recent yeah. accomplishments. You know, this is like, congratulations, by the way. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shut your mouth, Damon. For people who are like, what is Damon talking about? Jen's book just got and yet another badge. So Pretty Ugly yeah. was just named Reader's Choice for best. It, it, is it even in best horror? Or is it all categories for that's best? Categories. It was, I'm pretty sure it, it was, was all, all categories. It was all yeah. categories. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. that's no small accomplishment. So congratulations. Uh, well, so thank you so much. I know this morning uh, I had kind of known it had happened but like you don't believe it until you like you get the like official email with like here's your badge here's the thing 
And I was like, oh, like, and then I responded back to them like a neurotic. This is. <laughs> you weren't supposed to respond. Uh, I, I know, no, I know. And I did. I was like, so just so I understand this, this is like out of all the categories, like, I, and I will say I, I tied with somebody, but still tying over all categories <laughs> is amazing. And, and then they responded back with like, yeah, of course. And I'm like, well, uh, I don't know. So um, I love that imposter syndrome is real and it's always real. I guess I shouldn't yeah. love that, but yeah, it, it, I don't think you grow out of it. Cause we've talked to New York times, number one bestsellers and they're still like, but like, what if nobody likes this book? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, my sister just texted me from upstairs and told me to tell you congratulations as well. So. Oh, that's so cute. You know, your yeah. sister could like come down and join the podcast. She's welcome she, to. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Like, maybe mm, next time. No. Next time. <laughs> she doesn't have time. her ears yeah. and horns. Yeah, she's not situated for the occasion. She was going to come oh. as Walter White, but um, I was oh. waiting for you to finish yeah. that sentence because you said she's not dressed for no, the occasion, and I'm like, for the occasion, you would have no. nudity on this. I mean, we sometimes use bad words, but I think YouTube would have trouble with our like actual. I think they would have trouble with actual exposed breasts, but I do love that she's dressed as Walter White or was dressed as Walter White. Or could be. Or could be dressed as Walter White. Brava. Yeah, she's Brava. the one who knocks, yes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I think I'll always have that imposter syndrome and you know, a big reason, okay, here, disclosure time. Um, it's okay, do it. I've been doing this for two years. Um, and in two years to have come this far, that's- <laughs> I know. So the reason why, oh, are you ready for this? Yes. You're ready for yes. This? All right. Before that, I was in a prison. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was in Look, prison. Look, I'm like, for, for we do years. our research. Yeah. And, and we didn't want to bring it up. We wanted you to like, bring it up. And I you, was you an addict it. before that. So, um, you know, there's I no was, shame in that, Damon. Like, that's just, it is, it is the, mm -hmm. how we shape ourselves. I agree. And and, and, it, and it shapes your writing because dead girl, like tell me yeah. you have an afterward note in there. So reading that, I mean, exactly. the fact that you're taking these things and then exploring them through your writing and reaching other people, that story just broke me. Not how Abigail did, because Abigail didn't break me. Abigail healed me. Both, <laughs> both dead girl broke me. In the prison system. Uh, so I, I, I did, I knew you were, I knew who had done time. I don't know why. I don't know specifics. I thought, and maybe this is a story I told myself. Maybe I know this because of your bios. I don't know. Maybe I'm psychic. Maybe I'm making stuff up. Um, like, I thought you were writing while you were there. Yeah, exactly. And, and I always think, because I know other writers who have gone through um, similar things. Uh, incredible addiction, uh, doing time for, and I'm not saying this is you because it's not, it's somebody else, uh, like doing time for a drunk driving accident where they might have killed somebody. And then they've been sober now for like 20 years. And in that time that they spent um, 
you know, behind bars, they went into themselves and they wrote these things that I just think are incredible and beautiful and scary. So I didn't know how much of your work, because obviously you've had a ton of work come out in two years. I don't know when you got out, but you've been, and it seems like you're one of those writers that you wrote a million things in two years. <laughs> and sometimes but. that happens. And other times it's like, I wrote all these things and then they come out in two years as if they all magically appeared in that time. And that's not actually what happened, but publishing's weird. Well, there is uh, a lot was written while I was behind the wall, as uh, guys like me say. Um, so I did write Abigail and I did write piece by piece and the dead girl while I was in a cell. Um, but since then, I've also written quite a bit. I actually yeah. have six novels ready to be released next year and uh, a lot of other things in the works. Six novels? Well, six novels is just like such an insane thing. Well, one is a collection of short stories, so it's really not a novel. It's it's a collection, but it's it's, <laughs> it's a massive still, collection. It's still work. And then, uh, and then and I, I think a series coming out, you know, at the end of next year, which is four novels. Um, now, is it all uh, horror or are you in different genres with those or are you sticking with horror? Uh, this, this is horror, um, sticking with horror, but I'm also working on some memoir stuff too. I see. I was just about to bring that up and I'm glad mm. you brought that up. Cause I know you and I in the past have had a few like text exchanges where we're like, uh, what are you doing? How do you seem so successful? Are we successful? What is this? And you and I have like chatted a little bit and you said you were working on a memoir that you already had like some interest in your memoir. And that's, that's like a lot of pressure. Like, I would think that's a lot of pressure, but. Don't add more? pressure. Yeah, Don't add, I know. Like, is it pressure? <laughs> He's probably like, no, it's done. <laughs> no, no, it actually isn't. Um, I mean, I know what, what it's. Involved. You know what happens. I know what happened. <laughs> I, I know the story. Uh, <laughs> Jeez, man! I, it's I, okay not to I, answer questions. I gotta, if you're if like, if I if I gotta talk about it, I got a vague book so much about it. Yeah, and um, really cool. But I um, know. Let's just say, like, so don't I, talk I, about it. Let's just say this: that I did write a short excerpt about my initial struggle with addiction and my falling into the prison system, and that is available. Uh, on Godless right now. If somebody God. wanted to read a little bit about it, it's a three thirty five hundred word short story about the day I landed in prison and my reflections on the addiction that brought me there. It's called The Hell uh, by Damon Manx. It's on Godless.com for seventy five cents if you want to pick it up. Oh my gosh. First of all, name. everyone, you should be on Godless no matter what. If you like any kind of horror, horror adjacent, obscure fiction, Godless is the place to be. It allows artists to uh, publish things that are like fun. I just shouldn't say fun. Fun <laughs> and dark and honest and. Well, I Maybe. Just put it in the comments so people can see it and that way they can yes. look at it afterwards. So they don't have to be like, what was that again? It's godless.com and it's now in the comments. And if they're interested, once they get to Godless, the Dead Girl's free. Dead Girl's free on there? 
Okay. Oh my gosh. That too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Allison took over for me. Like you need to read that too. Uh, So the dead girl that did that win the horror authors guild award for best short story runner up. Uh, Still my my co-author from another book. I was in James Carlson. won. (gasps) the the actual first place award so So i will say this allison and i know james because we all once upon a time came out of the same initial publisher is he from Uh, there he's from there i'm not making the connection my brain is only at about 30 percent capacity (laughs) allison had emergency surgery (laughs) what congratulations on your appendectomy i i have a similar one. Oh, you got the percocets going right no i don't no. i only have tylenol with codeine because i can't i can't handle stronger things or i just throw up which is bad after abdominal surgery but uh, and yeah thought, you don't want to do that no not when you're like hey i have stitches that look like blueberries on a blueberry pancake oh that makes me not want to have sorry. blueberry pancakes <laughs> i just ruined yeah. blueberry pancakes jennifer you know, they just gluten very well so i'm not sure you should I know. Shouldn't be doing pancakes. You shouldn't. We're going to have to just blueberries, but pancakes make you sick. So, no. So, uh, Damon, I have so many questions because you wear so many hats in this world. Writer, (laughs) uh, publisher, editor. At what point in time did you say, I'm starting a small press company. It's called Last Waltz Publishing. At what point did you say, did you do this A for yourself specifically and then say, oh, I'm going to like have a couple friends and then all of a sudden you've become a publisher? Because I'm like imagining your sister made you do it because my sister would make me do something like that. She's like, you do it. I don't want to. You you figure it out. You do it. No, actually, a um, little, little over a year ago, James Carlson and I were both at the same publishing house. Um, uh, and it didn't end uh, well. So uh, we, I think that was probably the second or third publishing house that James had been uh, with that did so, not end well. So we were both talking and we're both like, hey, let's, <laughs> let's just go out and open our own publishing car. How hard could it be? Infamous last words. Oh my gosh. Nicolata words. How hard could it be? How hard could it be? So I did that. I with love the sitting in the rain. <laughs> I love telling authors their work's not good enough. Oh no, awful! I did it with the intention of of releasing my own material, and maybe with possibly the idea that since I knew what to look out for, like you know, since I've been burned, I, I knew yeah. how to steer people away from. The same mistakes I did, so I thought I'd take on one or two, and then I happened. I took on a, a couple. Um, you know, I had. But did you know them first, so you knew they weren't a um, unreliable, crazy people, and B, you legitimately felt that their careers deserved a boost. I first have to be drawn to the person as a person. Um, I so love the, that. The first author that I. Uh, took on was Diana only and she's um she's out of uh, Seattle she's married to uh Wyatt only who's who's out there warming up for Allison chains like he's a rock star you know 
Um, but we, we <laughs> Just doing a that. normal day job. Yes. You know, Allison Chains. Diana here. and I met on TikTok and started talking and we're like, hey, let's trade stories and, and read each other's stuff so we don't have to buy it. And I'm like, I'm all about not buying it. Let's do it. So, <laughs> I so feel we, like this is how Allison and I became friends. Yeah. Very similar. <laughs> I fell in love with Diana's work. Um, so we put out a, a, a book with a couple stories from each of us. She introduced me to Jack, who's got the Monochrome Noir series. Um, from there, I've only taken on two more in that first year. I, I took on Matt Scott, who was also from my original publishing house. And I took on Heather Miller, who, um, but she's, a fantastic she's, year. she's had a fantastic year. How did, how exhausting was putting out these lingering shadows exhausting in the best possible way? Cause this, um, is an anthology for everyone. I know it's glaring off my camera. These yeah, lingering shadows is an anthology of Gothic horror tales. Including one by Damon called Devlin Mentz. And it was so funny because Jen hadn't read it yet. And she kept thinking I was auto-correcting your name to Devlin. I'm like, no, it's the name of his story. She's like, oh. I know. It was like days ago. <laughs> and she was like, Devlin Mance. And I'm like, his name it's, it's is Damon, Damon Manx. <laughs> and she's like, I know. <laughs> and then she said something. And I'm like, whoa, I haven't read that one yet. You had to find <laughs> still. So, so now it, I it have was a lot of work, um, but yeah. So let me just say, no, I didn't edit this book though. I had Candace Nola and her team at 360 editing. Um, so her and Mort Stone and um, a few other people edited this book and did a fantastic job. Candace also wrote the foreword for this book. Uh, and, and everybody who is listening to this, watching it live, listening to it later, Candace Nola is. I think one of the best cheerleaders and advocates of indie horror that we can have right now. Like I, you know what? I, I pretty much owe like everything I learned about this to Candace because when I knew nothing, I approached her and she was like, so gracious. She's like, here, take this, take that information. You got to do this. Help me with my website, help me with book funnel and book magnets. And like, and I didn't know anything. So you're she's like, like, what are these things you're talking about? Yeah. Look, you've already said things that I know I'm supposed to know about. And yeah. I'm like, well, mm. so people are watching, they're like, what are you talking about? Well, when a when a book comes out, rather than it just showing up online, you need to get copies to early readers. And not all authors know that or have a way to do that. And things like Book Magnet and Book Funnel get it to people in a way that's like a controlled distribution rather than just like, hey, I'm emailing it to you randomly with a PDF. That's fine, right? right? Yeah, just like legitimately throwing uh, a manuscript at somebody on the street. You know, so You're if I could say something a little bit more about Candace. Candace, uh, won best anthology with the Splatterpunk Awards last year for um, Baker's Dozen. Um, this year she has Trapped, which is the Dark Dozen that's coming out. Um, and people can get in on that with the Indiegogo uh, and support it by the um, special edition hardcovers of Trapped. And I'm one of the authors that are featured in this Oh, yeah. So like, you know, so we need to get like, that just so we know yeah. we need to get that now. Also, yeah. what you're doing right now, Damon, is what I love about the horror community is you just kind of like segued a little bit of your interview into completely talking about a different project. 
<laughs> for somebody else. And that's what I love because I feel like the horror community um, at its best is a bunch of just like strange weirdos who, who want to read things that might not seem like horror, but they just don't seem like regular old fiction. And Allison, I know you are here under the helm of Allison Martin, romance writer, but you're also A.M. Hubbard, speculative fiction and science fiction fantasy author. So you get Yeah, and this. I would say that whole, the whole speculative thing, that's the thing about this whole term speculative, that it's this umbrella, this Venn diagram that nobody really knows where things overlap. And because of what Abigail is, I would say Abigail is horror, but it is more than that. And so many of these, these stories fit there. And I think that there are a lot of people who don't read horror because they're like, I don't like being super scared. I don't like being super scared either. And stupid stuff scares me. Not even like really scary stuff, just dumb stuff scares me. But the best horror to me doesn't usually fit into that really narrow category of like slasher or just there's a ghost stabbing people or something with their unicorn horn. It's a unicorn ghost, by the way. So those are the things I love about speculative fiction where it fits outside those realms. And I would say even from just reading, I, I didn't get a chance to read the entire anthology. I've been kind of drugged up, um, but I read a few <laughs> of the different stories and I will say the variety in these lingering shadows is huge, even from tone, setting, stylistically, like, the story that your sister has is very modern and it actually, I won't, I won't say what, but it totally reminded me of one of my favorite episodes of Angel, the television show Angel. So I don't know if she's a fan. Uh, she's going to uh -oh. you said that. Oh my God. She's going <laughs> to like uh, immediately contact you and say, yeah. may I use that as and a she's quote? She's going to text me any minute now. I, no, I, and, and I, your phone's going to go off. Did yeah. she say Angel? Uh, I did. First she of all. was huge Buffy fan. Um, who yeah. was that? Ryan Murphy that did that? Um, no, no so, uh, he should not be named anymore. But yeah, but focus he on doesn't the like that guy anymore. Who well, wrote you know, that you know like, nobody likes yeah. him anymore. Yeah. But, but he created he, amazing work. She loves that whole uh, that yeah, whole world. That whole world that he created. And, Same. Uh, I, I, no, we're still uh, allowed to love it. We're still allowed. We're to still love allowed to love it. One person. It yep. was a collaborative effort by a lot of people, including the the actors who were on it, and mm -hmm. we can we can still love it. But she if she if she knows which episode I'm talking about, we can chat later. I'm sure she Have knows. She knows. Sorry, as I just screamed at you. No, but it, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't like oh, this was straight. It wasn't like a straight play for play. Nope. It just had it was just reminiscent of it. And I'm like, oh, it makes me think of this one. And anytime you can get me into things that I already love and connect me back to it. I just, I love it even more. And it was also a very feminist horror. I loved it. So I feel like next time we, I so next time we have Damon on the show, it's got to be Damon, his sister. We're all going to have to dress like, there. we're going to have to all just like twins from the parent trap. <laughs> like little weird blonde wigs. And um, look, I'm committing to that. It doesn't have to happen. I can just say it's happening. You have a blonde wig. Cause I can yes. probably get the wig, but Oh, no, uh, I have, like, nine. I'm not going to ask. Damon, do you have a blonde wig? I don't think I do. <laughs> I could mail them <laughs> to <Okay>. everyone. <laughs> I'm going to wear it over my unicorn horn. <laughs> do it, do it. I have, so, like, normally when we're doing this interview, like, uh, I have, like, a little, like, thing that's counting down, so I have no idea how long we've gone. 
it's 36. So if you want to have okay. me tell you when we should start wrapping up, you let me know. I like to go around 40. I just don't want to be like, it's been three days and Jennifer's still talking. Um, Damon. So you're, you're working on Abigail stuff. You have, as you said, like a million other novels coming out in the next several years, two years. I, is, a million. I know a million seven we're not good at math damon so we're gonna have to be really loosey-goosey on those numbers right. i went to school no for math. theater i took a clown class but no math no math <laughs> since i was 15 so a million and seven are the same to me um is there so i've read you know a handful of your work I know of your work with other people. I see where you're going with Last Waltz Publishing, which I like. I love, but I love all of that. Is there ever a thing that you wouldn't write? Hmm. I, I don't like to make such statements that I would <laughs> never do that. Um, Is there something that you, like, if I could say personally, I would write anything, but if I were to have to read a sex scene that I wrote out loud, I would die of embarrassment. Yeah, and I'm know. not shy. <laughs> this from yeah, a girl no. who used to do burlesque, and she's like, but I can't read words out loud. That would be No, I cannot say the word nipple. No <laughs> I um. <laughs> I can. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you can. Yeah, Damon's I like, I'll say, say the word. I can say nipple pretty easily. Um, Good. Say it. Say it I've, loud. Uh, say it I've, um, I've written a lot of sex scenes. Well, not a lot of sex scenes, but I do have the sex scenes. In <laughs> What's a, a lot? Of What's a, a lot? I know. A million and six. So, but no, I've written three oh. sex scenes that are, will be, one will be coming out in January in a book. Ooh. Our cranium that I wrote with author Mark Taus. Are you uh, saying Mark, cranium? Our cranium. So okay. imagine this: there's four horror authors. The year is 2032, so the not so distant future. Uh, four horror authors. They get together once every couple months, have a couple drinks, and it always gets to who's the scariest, which they can never decide. Well, fortunately. There's new technology that allows the author to. I'm so scared of technology. Computer. I know you are. <laughs> I know. I'm like, hi. And artificial <laughs> intelligence allows them to create their scariest story. But Ooh, no. not only that, the other <laughs> authors can come along for the ride and become characters in the book. Uh, when is this coming out? Ooh, I love Jan it. January 17th. Uh, is that available for pre order yet? Not yet. Within uh, another week be... or two, okay. yeah, another week or so, I'll make the announcement. Could do a cover reveal, like and soon. we'll uh, we'll put it up for pre-order. Um, oh yeah, it's. Uh, I'm scared of all of that, like legitimately in my soul, but I yeah. love it. Well, you, you know, the, but it's I'm loving the they are the characters. Yeah, I'm loving so the they, they are the characters because I've been watching. I've been watching. Well, they take turns. Uh, have you been watching Midnight Club? I I hear it's excellent, and I got to get into it. Jen's taking her earphones out because she doesn't want to. Have, I'm not going to spoil. 
Okay. No, I, um, I just recently reread the book from my childhood before I, I, I was read it. I hadn't read it, but this, but it's fun because they're taking turns telling stories and because it's a visual media, because it's a television show, they are in each other's stories. So seeing oh. each of them show up in each other's stories and there's different wigs and different style clothing. It's just a lot of fun. So that's immediately. Also, what my brain this went is to, a like, Mike Flanagan produced yeah. and created yeah, so thing. Call Mike Flanagan. Tell him to get his seven actors because he only has seven that he just rotates. And then it's, yeah, I love doing that going, Ooh, this was this guy. And yeah. When I figured out that one of the creepiest characters on it was played by little Henry from ET, I just kind of flipped out. I'm like, what? Well, he's in all of them and he's never a good guy. So that's called, what is it called? The midnight club? Midnight club. Midnight mass, which is also his, but some of the actors. I've seen the, the Bly Manor and the Haunting Yeah. Of yeah. So yeah. Midnight so Club just people. same cast uh, as mm-hmm. like the um, older terrible parental and doctor figures in this right. case. Uh, yeah. Midnight Club is based on the Christopher Pike book from back when we were kids about a bunch of terminally ill teens who told each other ghost stories at night and always said, whoever dies first, we will contact you. You will know when. Mm. We've been yeah. patiently waiting for Fall of the House of Usher, which is... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jen, the noise you just made. Yeah. <laughs> That's your death go. Your death blow. <sighs> um, I won't say that there's not a time of every day that my husband and I say, when is that coming out? And we That's just like randomly house. go to yeah. YouTube. That's my house. Yeah. It's like, it's just going to... Yeah. Your house is the House of Usher. Is that what you just said? I did want to ask, though, the the literary legacy in your family, how far back does that go? And is it in your blood that you're just like, I tried escaping this any way I can. And then when you're like, well, I'm stuck here, I guess I have to be a writer because genetically (laughs) I'm predisposed to the writing. Well, you know, I think uh, storytelling has been, been, been going on in the family since they were sitting around a campfire and, and, you know, <laughs> putting each other over the head with clubs but uh lucille um, whoa show lucille right now this is the yeah, perfect uh, time for a lucille story. and uh, <laughs> the club so so i took up the reins actually um <laughs> as far as i know it goes back to my mom who who was a journalist and, and did a lot of writing and was always telling us stories and uh you know some of my you know i remember her reading uh Dr. Seuss to me, reading Winnie the Pooh. Um, all the classic Moore, horror uh, fictions of our youth. That scary stuff. Um, Look, those heffalumps <laughs> and boozles will mess with you. Yeah. And, uh, and then my sister and I, you know, um, took up the reins, you know, and uh, that, that, that has been our passion and our muse for, for a really long time. I love, I love this so much. Uh, I just feel like that that's a great ending. Your passion and muse for your entire life. Thank you, Damon, for being here. Thank you, obviously, Allison, for wearing a unicorn horn. And everybody who watched this live, everybody who's watching it on the replay, everyone who's just listening to our voices, uh, go and watch us. Go watch the video. We're wearing outfits. It might make more sense. It might not. Um, I will say, next week, we are off no show next week i am headed off to new england crime bake the literary conference but the week after that is a huge week for us we have 
Charlene Harris, who you might know because she wrote the Sookie Stackhouse books, What You Know is True Blood. She is also very actively writing her fourth book. It's what's coming out. Uh, I can't remember the name of the series. It's the Gunny Rose series, and I just finished the Russian cage, and if I don't get the new book soon, I might explode, and I've already exploded once recently. I want the book, please. You're getting it. We're getting it. So... Uh, mid-November, we're back with Charlene Harris. Next week, uh, we're not here. Try not to miss us too much. Tear. <laughs> tear. Slow tear. Um, Damon, thank you so much for putting up with our horns, our unicorn horns, my now cat ears. Thanks for wearing them. Um, you know, you brought out the uh, my fondness for my memories of Abigail and when she first appeared to me. And, uh, I love the purple. I love the horns. Thank you so much for having she, me. These were my Abigail horns, but I cannot attach them to my head. Um, we just, Spirit we drops. just, <laughs> I know, but then. And then it has to come off and then you rip off half your forehead and go, was it worth it? Yes. It, it's always worth it. It would be worth it if I wasn't going to an in-person event next week. I'd be fine with two scabs on my head. On that note, Damon, thank you so much for being here. Allison, you are awesome. Thank you to all our viewers who are watching us live. If you ever want to leave a review, like do it. Unless it's bad, then we will... Subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube. If you're not, you can go find it on YouTube. It's just Vox Vomitus channel. Subscribe. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, and Vox Vomitus on Facebook. That's where, like, most of the action happens. But, hey, find your action where you want to find it. We'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye.